Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the latest episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell and I'm joined by my co-host as always, Mark Davison. Mark, how's it going? G'day, Matty. How are we doing? G'day, Steeler Nation. Um, what a time. We're in uh, playoff football. We just saw uh, Buffalo beat the Colts by 27-24 when I saw the last few moments of that. So, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. And I think we could maybe talk a little bit about that at the start. But how, how are you feeling? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. And it's good to see some people in the live chat already. Michael O'Malley, Ron Chess, Steeler Chick 46. Um, we've got a few people in there. So good to see the, the family back in there. Um, and obviously, if you're enjoying the show, give us a like later on. G'day from Gyro. Awesome stuff. Yeah, as you said, Mark, Bills take out that first game against the Colts. I know you watched it a little bit more than I did. Um, any any initial thoughts coming out of that one? Um, it, was, it was a tough game. And the, the Colts, I believe, tried pretty hard. At the same time, they, they missed a field goal. They went for a two-point conversion that didn't work out. Um, but if we, if we win this game versus the Browns, which I hope we do and we, sh- we should do, we go into Buffalo, and the biggest test, I think, would be uh, Stefan Diggs and uh, Josh Allen. They yeah. are just unbelievable. So uh, it was their first win since 1995. Um, you've got to give them credit. But if we can win this game this week, it's going to be a tough game next week, but we've got to focus on the Browns. But, yeah, what a, what a way to kick off the, the playoff weekend. That's it. Like, it's a massive game to kick off that that playoff weekend for, I mean, the whole NFL, really. Um you know, and I think the Colts are one of those teams that I think some people were a bit 50-50 on whether we'd have to actually play them in terms of what that would mean for us. But um, equally, the Bills going to be a massive matchup. Can't wait to preview that. But we've got to get through this week oh, against yeah. the Cleveland Browns. Exactly. Feels yeah, like win. Groundhog Day. Feels like <laughs> Groundhog Day. <laughs> but look, title of today's show, Steelers start climbing this latest stairway to seven. So obviously we're, we're, we're aiming as... Steeler Nation, Pittsburgh Steelers, Steeler fans, everyone at BTSC, we're gunning for that seventh Super Bowl, standalone on top of that NFL hierarchy, you know, away from the Patriots there. So massive playoffs. This is first time since 2017. You know, what better way to go up against the Cleveland Browns? So, look, Mark, before we jump into last week's game against the Browns and then this week's game against the Browns, because <laughs> a lot of Browns chats um, having to go on, Thought we'd just look at a couple of highlights from the week as well. So all pros were announced, three Steelers. So Cam on the all pro second team. And then we saw, so that'd be Cam Haywood. And then we saw Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt, first team all pros. Um, Yeah, yeah, go for it. (laughs) Sorry, sorry guys. Uh, Those two blokes work together, like I said last week. So you want... You want TJ to pressure uh, that pocket and pressure Baker or whoever it is, and then Minka's going to decide where that ball is going to go and hopefully pick him off again like they did uh, in week week four. Um, those two plays, Minka is, has been you know a fantastic player from the trade, and now TJ, this is like his second playoff game, I believe. So this is this is the point where like yeah, the Browns have made the playoffs, but this is where our team is going to is going to fire up, and I think TJ is going to lead the way. Um, and Minka's going to help us out. It just gives them, you know, recognition as well for like even even the season we've had. Like we're twelve and four, and I think uh, as you and I have been doing these podcasts, they've kind of gone like you know so fast, and, and here we are, we're in the playoffs. So yeah, it's congratulations to those two. And I think Minka, is, if he hasn't sparked just yet, something will happen in these playoffs where he's going to make big plays and 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 get us to the short field. Yeah, and I think for Minka. 
I mean, I wouldn't have been overly surprised to see him in the second team mm. all pro purely because I think for the wider NFL out there, it's probably he's had a quieter year than what he had last year. But obviously we know things like, you know, teams don't throw the ball near him and we know what he's doing in you know, different roles within the offense. And we've seen those past offenses he's had at the back end of games, you know, Ravens, Cowboys, you know, that that pick against Baker as well. So, you know, we've seen the difference that he's made there. But um Hats off to him, you know. I mean, massive, you know, third year in the NFL, and you're getting, you're getting all pro for the second year. Like, I mean, in a row, that's that's massive, and it's massive for this defense. And the great thing is, is that we've got, you know, at least another year of TJ, and they will back up the Brinks truck for him. But you know, we probably will re-sign Fitzpatrick. We've got Cam for another thing. It's three seasons off the deal after this year that we signed there. So these key pieces of our defense we've got for a long time, and that's something that Steelers fans can be really happy about. Um, but equally, in terms of the awards. Kevin Dotson and Alex Highsmith made the PFF all-rookie team. Now, some people, even myself, I, I challenge some of the grades that PFF give out, but awesome recognition for those guys as well who came on late in the season. Oh, definitely. Even now with um, your your mate, uh, Alex Highsmith, is starting to do some pass yeah. rushing skills that we haven't seen throughout the season. It just shows that you give someone a bit of time and how, how they learn this uh, learn this defense and they start to, to get their craft moving, you know, um, he's doing that little spin move and he's, he's doing pressure. Um, I believe with the last week's game, um, uh, Chris Wormley was even in there for a few times and, and Alex Smith Mate, was in Chris there. Chris Wormley got that big sack. Yeah, I know. And we and we called him out, I think. Uh, we called him out three weeks ago. Mate, it was a and- sackle. It was a sack <laughs> and a tackle for a loss. I had to bring that up from last you remember week. When, you remember when we called him out and we said, oh, who's Wormley? And, and he created great pressure in that pocket um, and cause, I think, two sacks, one of his own and, and Smith on the edge. So what's going to happen when we have TJ back in there and and uh, Vinny playing more? And this defense, like, I, I think, like, you have to be just be scared of this defense or Baker has to be. So the game was so close, 24-22. Um, and we've got a big chance to to keep them under even 20 points or 17 points. Well, that's it. And I mean, another player that showed up, and I think it obviously made a difference um, to the accolade that he got, but Chase Claypool, you know, last week, five receptions, 101 yards, average of 20.2 with that, one TD off. I mean, he had 11 targets, but, you know, and there are a couple of times there where he, you know, could have caught a couple of penalties and what have you, but massive performance with him. And he's been named in Daniel Jeremiah on NFL.com. Um, he's been named as the, in his top 25 all rookie team. So, you know, that's a decent accolade there. You got to, like, I mean, Steelers fans got to remember Chase Claypool was the 11th drop, like 11th picked, oh, yeah, tongue tied there, 11th picked wide receiver in this draft. Yeah. It was the Steelers' first pick of the draft. I mean, let's park the mink thing to one side. But you're getting this out of the 11th wide receiver draft. That's the performance you got out of him this year, you know, with his touchdowns. So it's, it's, inc- it's an incredible season from this. And, it brings me to another point that I saw this week, Omar Khan. So he pretty much, we know the GM's Kevin Colbert, but Omar Khan is very much involved in managing the Steelers' salary cap and it's going to be massive next year as well um, in terms of how we navigate a potential cap drop. And obviously a key player, key player in sort of bringing these players in through the draft and free agency. He interviewed for the Texans' GM role this week. And I tell you what, that like had me... Very concerned. We do not want to lose Omar Khan. We do not want to lose Omar Khan. So that was pretty interesting. Um, and then obviously you saw the other hype from this week around Deshaun Watson. And, you know, apparently he's asking for a trade. And I know it was like in our Slack channel as well about 
What would you give up? What would you give up to sign Deshaun Watson? What would the Steelers trade for Deshaun Watson? It's a it's a really interesting question. I don't see him going just yet, but um, really crazy question. His his heart's probably still in in uh, Texan land, so he's probably yeah. still want to be there. Um, these things need to be addressed in the offseason, Maddie. We've got some Browns football to talk about, haven't we? That's it. That's <laughs> it. Well, look, let's start with a bit of a COVID-19 update. So I think that that's something that's pretty key to talk about. So let's go Browns first, and then we can wrap into all listening Steelers. So I know the Browns activated Harrison Bryant, that tight end that they drafted last year. They activated Ronnie Harrison um, and Malcolm Smith as well. Denzel Ward, who we talked about last week, is being a key player not available. He's yet to come off that COVID list, and, I, and I'm pretty sure from my understanding of how it works, he won't be able to come in for this week's game. That is massive for the Steelers. Equally, cornerback Kevin Johnson's out, but bigger, bigger, bigger for them. Pro Bowl guard Joel Batinio. Batonio? Batinio. I don't know. Um, <laughs> sort of rhymes, know, but... Dude. But but he's out as well, and he's a, he's a Pro Bowl guard. I mean, he's massive for them. I think he even got the game ball last week because of how hard he's worked over the last few years. He's been there for the fifteen and one, and the sixteen and oh, the zero oh and sixteen, sorry, and the one and fifteen, not fifteen and one. Um, so he's out too. There's some pretty key players, and then of course you've got the coaching staff that are out for the Browns as well. I mean, can you imagine, Mark? You've got this first time head coach. He's won these ten games. I think he's equal to Paul Brown for them in terms of you know head coach most winning games in the in the first season, and calls the plays. You don't have him this week. It's it's absolutely crazy, and it is all to do with the, the COVID stuff. And you know it's it, that's what it is. Um, but without your coach there, and they have the Browns have turned it around a little bit this year. They've played some better football. Their organization, like it's not as the, the Browns football, but we'll see. We'll see if they are the Browns this uh, week in the playoffs. We'll see if they browns it up like they always have. Like this is the first time I've seen them in the playoffs uh, for being a fan. The last time they were in two thousand two. So, yeah, Kevin being out is is um, who's going to call the plays and, and what you know what kind of momentum or motion will like if there's a certain call that needs to be done or the, the clock's expiring. How's that going to affect the players? Um, they know how to play football, but it's all about the communication. And we've even seen that with our defense. When there's no communication on defense, it goes it goes nowhere. So if Baker can't get the plays in or uh, the personnel is not correct, it's going to affect them somehow. And with this elite defense we have with TJ and Minka and Cam and two, you name whoever you want to name, it's going to be very difficult to to manifest a win and, and go out there and, and sling it. I, I like At this point, I'd be very shocked if Baker did it and I'd be very angry, but uh, the ball's in our court, really. we just got to control it and shoot threes. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice analogy there, mate. Um, before we get on to who's been back from the Steelers side, I want to bring up um, BTSC regular here, Felicia. Now, she's done a shout-out to a few other regulars, but she's left Bud Broader Bud on Steel. Like, that's broadcast live, I think, now from the, the Steelers' YouTube to join us. And for everyone else in the live chat that's joining us as well, and for everyone that's not necessarily in the live chat but streaming us live on Facebook and YouTube, Thanks for joining us. You know that's that's big. You skipping skipping Bud brought a Bud for us. That's um that's awesome. We appreciate it, and we hope everyone else from Bud brought a Bud comes on here, and then Bud's got to come on here. Oh, um, get Bud on here. We'll talk to Bud. We'll talk to Bud. We can bring <laughs> Bud. We'll bring Bud for once. He can have a reverse. Um, 
But no, on the Steelers' side, um, interesting roster moves um, today for this or this morning for us or overnight for us morning um, for all the listen for most of the listeners out there. As everyone knows, we broadcast live from the future, fourteen hours ahead. Um, Steelers activate Matt Fiber. They bring back Robert Spillane as well. Elevate Kevin Raider, who we saw last week. Um, he comes off that practice squad, so I think he's used the two, or we might have used one of the. Um, the exemptions where they can bring them up for the couple of weeks without being part of the squad. Um, and then they've waived to grayscales, which I don't think is sort of a, too much of a surprise for everyone. And yes, from our, my knowledge, Ebron and Cassius Marsh are both back. So not only do we get those guys back, we get the guys out this week that we had, sorry, we have, we get the guys this week that were out last week. So Boswell, hey, well, actually Boswell, not so much. Um, Boswell be, 50-50? Yeah. Boswell, I think still 50-50. Um, we're, do, we're both doing the crocodile Dundee here. <laughs> <laughs> the old sun, like, hey, hey. That's all my dog a trick with that this week, actually. But anyway, oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a side point. But, um, but yeah, so we, we definitely get back, obviously, Hayward, TJ. We get back Big Ben, of course. So, you know, there's a couple of players there. So massive for the Steelers this week. Completely, uh, you know, it's, it's almost a changed roster. But, Mark, I want to, looking back at last week, we sat here and you said to me, Without being a bold prediction, you sat here and said to me, Mason might throw for 300 yards. And you asked me if there was there any yeah. any world where that actually happens. And I said to you, look, as a betting man, I think this is exactly what I said. It was like, well, I'm a betting man. And yes, it's technically feasible, but I don't think it'll be happening. You know, it'll more likely to be to throw three touchdowns and da 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 yada, yada, yada. Mason throws 315 yards. Now, and almost three touchdowns. Oh, he threw he threw an uh, interception, but he had two. So I'm going to say you did that was pretty on on point, Mark. You had a well, little bit of faith in Rudolph there, and he showed up for you. The, the reason why I said it, and is is really the the only reason, is that these players they play they they're there to play the game, and and, and Rudolph has had the whole year to train, um, work on his skills, his craft. Just because he saw him last year in 2019 and the way he played when he got smashed by that Raven. It doesn't mean he's going to play the exact same way uh, last week. And he, he went out there and balled. He threw the the deep ball, like, tremendously, like, pretty good, I would say. He got 300 yards, and he played really well. Yeah. Well, I, I think that it was like – I think Michael Beck put it up in, as a tweet, you know, um, the deputy editor at BTSC and does a lot of the social media for BTSC as well. Like, he said people that are hating – I think it was at halftime. He's like, people that are hating on Mason Rudolph right now, that's because you pre-hated on Mason Rudolph, you know, and we saw like a lot of, I mean, last week when we did the show, the, <laughs> the fan base was very 50-50 from what we were getting through in the live chats. Um, and, and even on the comments that like, um, you know, sort of left on the article that I put out about it. So I think Mason showed up. Mason earned himself another opportunity to, to you know, to be a potential backup next year as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what sort of further development, but going through the rest of the, oh, yeah, sorry, Mark. I'm just saying, that's what you expect. So with Mason, if he doesn't show up that way, then everything I just said about training and having a whole season to learn and, and grow and become a better player, that's when you go, everyone's right. Mason stinks, but he didn't, he didn't, he, he, he had, he had that team, the Steelers in that game. We had a chance to. Um, go to overtime, which I think looking at it now, I'm glad we didn't go to overtime because it would have been more football to play. Um, but he played pretty well. He, he he did things he did things what he needed to do. And this is you know in the off season, 
Is he number one? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll need more of an off-season for that. But he still went out there and, and had a go, and and that's that's all you can give. That's all you can give him, really. Well, that's it. I mean, there's a bit of it in the live chat. You know, Steeler chick Mason thrown into the starting last lineup last year before he was developed. I mean, you can't argue that with you. Like him or hate him, you can't argue that he wasn't ready. Redshirted his first year. Um, but the thing for me was how well he spread the ball. Um, you know, it's one thing for. Ben to spread the ball this year. I mean, the Steelers achieved something this year that they in the regular season that they've never done before. They had three players with over 800 yards passing, uh, sorry, receiving, and we had more than five players with five touchdowns or more. That's incredible. Now, you'd expect with Mason Rudolph, he might come in and pick one or two guys, and that they're the guys he's going to focus on. But, I mean, Chase had 11 targets. Deontay had four targets. Juju had eight targets. Vance McDonald had six targets. Um, and they were sort of the leading guys on the with the receptions. That's that he's spreading the ball around. You know, that, that's a that's a nice spread when you talk about, you know, he's only threw 39 passes, and that's like what, like 19, it's uh 29 of those 39 passes went to four different guys at least. So, you know, he's spreading the ball. Um, he had an average of 8.1. Um, that was huge compared to his last season average as what well, average from last year as well. So, I mean. I think he did ev- – I mean, the thing is, he did everything we could have expected out of him. I like – as you say, you talk about overtime, Mark. I was glad they went for two. You yeah. want to win. Don't live in your fears. There was nothing to nothing to lose if we lost that game. Um, yeah, I mean, what did you think when they went for two? It was an average play. Uh, it was a very average play. So they passed it to Claypool, and I think it was, there was two, two defenders on him. Um, at the same time, though, I, I don't know if they knew the Bill score that they were smashing the Dolphins, and they knew that that – the Browns might get in, or I don't know if they know any, any of that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm kind of lucky that they didn't win now because you would have played more football for your for your your depth guys. Uh, it might have tied the Browns out more, but and you could have gotten rid of them. But at the same time, we're going to have a, a fresh, you know, players come into this game, and they're, they're just going to play harder, like Dave says. But I, I don't know. I think in the future, if you're going to do a two point play, you want something a little bit better than that, but maybe Mason didn't read it well enough. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a quarterback. I'm not a coach. Um, hopefully in this game coming up, we don't need those two point plays. We can just, you know, get seven after seven after seven. But it, like, what are your thoughts? On this? It will be interesting how big Ben saw how Rudolph plays and how that deep ball was working. And then straight away, um, the Browns were backing off and it starts to get the running game going. Will Ben use this? I know he can sling it anyway, but will Ben, get more comfortable now, know he, he can do these types of plays? Yes, yeah, so that's a great question. And um, gosh, I think it was the Scobro show they might have brought that up this week, actually. That literally almost that exact point. And you'd have to think so. I mean, if, if you're Ben Roethlisberger and you're sitting there at home and, you know, he talked about that and he's sitting there with his son and his son was asking all these questions. I thought that was cool how he brought that up this week in some of the, the presses. But, like, if, if you're sitting there as Big Ben and you're like, these guys are doing that with Mason, You've got to be confident when you throw that deep ball. The only thing I will say, and we do not know, and to our knowledge, everything, Ben is fine. But the only reason why you wouldn't be taking confidence from that and being, okay, cool, we can start throwing the ball here, I can throw it deep, is if he has an injury that we just don't know about. You know, that, that, that that's the difference there. If, if there's something we don't know about. Equally, I think with Mason as well, he does have a good. He does have a good deep ball. He comes from an air raid offense. Like he does have a good deep ball. Um, so I think Steelers fans were able to see that. I think the guys got the wide receivers got separation, and I think the difference this year as well 
with last year when you saw Mason is obviously he's developed, but you had he's got wide receivers like Claypool that can stretch the field. Deontay has come on. You know, he Washington he's comfortable with anyway. So you saw him being able to leverage different targets, whereas last season you look at it, he didn't really have Juju, so everyone was up on Deontay. He had to go Washington. He didn't – I mean, Ebron wasn't there this week, but, you know, last year there was no Ebron as well. Vance had different injuries. I mean, it's just a different wide receiving core, and it's a wide receiving core that's a lot more respected this year than I think they were last year. So, yeah, I thought that it was awesome to see the Steelers throwing it deep. And, you know, if Ben's been holding back all, all season, which is something that we've discussed early on in the season with different with, on some of our different podcasts, hopefully this week he can let those shackles off and we can throw that deep ball. But equally, well, Mark, I'm hoping that someone with Ben's experience picks apart the middle of this of this, this Cleveland Cleveland Browns defense so we don't necessarily always need to be throwing, throwing it deep. The only thing is, if we live in our fears and we saw what Mason did and then we go back to what Ben was doing in the short passing game, then that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a huge problem. However, we know Ben can throw it like Mason or even better. Um, and he can, he can put, you know, TDs on the board rather than field goals. But if we go back to a stagnant o- offense and the ball's not going anywhere, that's that's when I'll start, my heart will start to break. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that Ben's, he's been, this is 23rd playoff game or 22nd playoff game. Um, a, a lot rides on him and our receivers, but you just got to copy what, what Mason did or can do with our receivers and, and go deep and we should open up the running game. And then Connor's going to be uh, a vital part of this offense too. So this is the right time just to, like I think since the Colts game, the end of the, end of the Colts game at the, uh, the very end there, we started to get some more passion, momentum. We started to, to, to want to win. And this is, this is the only spot now that you really, like you got to show up and this is it. Like if we, if we lose versus the Browns, we're going to have some really crazy shows for the next, like. Mate, next if we lose to the Browns, game. half of everyone <laughs> tuning in right now will be not, oh. not, not happening for a few weeks and then they'll come back. Um, we've got a lot, we've got a super chat, so I want to bring that up in just a sec. But I want to bring up Portner's question here while we're just on Mason Rudolph. Portner's asked the question, do you think we could drum up trade value this offseason for Mason Rudolph if we showcase last week's game and all of the highlights from 2019? Mark, do you want to give your thought on yeah, that, and I'll give you, then I'll give you mine. Not, not really a big trade guy, all this kind of stuff. Um, but definitely, like, why wouldn't the? I just almost said the Jags, but they're going for Lawrence. Why wouldn't the the Jets or someone like that, or Bears or one of those teams that don't know who they are, like, have interest in Rudolph? He can still be your backup, and he can still compete for a starting role. So, and if we don't use him correctly, maybe another team uh, will. Even now, you see, I think I'm not too too sure what the score is, but it's Seahawks versus Rams, and they're playing a, a backup in Wolford. And his first series, he was doing nothing. And I'll, I'll bite my words if he's actually scored two touchdowns by now. But it's always good to have a good backup. And I think um, even what it showed with the Eagles game in their backup, uh, Sudfield, like we say that Rudolph isn't good and we want to play Dobbs. However, if we had Sudfield, that was awful. He turned the ball over in uh, fifteen uh, twice in fifteen seconds. So. Maybe there could be trade value in, in Mason, but then is our number three guy um, going to be competitive enough for the two spot? Well, that's that's exactly the question. Um, I mean, I say it very, very quickly as being a couple of things. One, Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph with the third round, in the third round. They'd want to at least that back for him because what you're having to pay even backup quarterbacks right now is huge money, right? So, And we don't have a lot of money next year, so that that's going to be an issue. Um 
And you'd want that because he technically still could come on and be a half decent capable starter in this in this NFL. Um, I, it was funny you bring up the Rams. Mason was dating um, one of the uh, thing uh, people from the Bachelor, the Bachelor over there actually, and she lived in LA. So maybe you might go back there. Maybe he's got some interest there. I don't know. Um, but if he, but the key point is what you said, Mark. Do we have a number three to step up? The person that I would like to see if I was like the GM and um, being very crazy here and you're still going to have to pick up a veteran is I like Jacob Eason, who was, I think, a fourth-round draft pick. He's sitting there on the Colts roster, got a cannon for an arm. He's like a mm. sort of poor man's Jared uh, – um, yeah, Josh Allen um, over at the Bills, sorry. So, I mean, I really like him. <laughs> so, and for all the Madden players out there, he's a sneaky one to develop on the side. So, um, yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting to see – I don't think they're trading him next year. Not They want someone that knows this offense. They do not want to do anything when they've got the core of this defense coming back. They will not want to do anything to disrupt potential playoff um, appearances next year. But, Mark, do you want to bring up this, this super chat here from Felicia? All right. So, Felicia says, every uh, trash can with a little emoji there can has a lid. And since Mason didn't put a lid on it, uh, Ben will cover the stitch that is coming. This is very hard to read. <laughs> coming in from COVID land. Uh, then Ben will go to Buffalo and finish. Old man, that's true. Old man Rivers didn't do today. Very tough game uh, if we if we head to Buffalo. That's, that to me, is going to be the one that where if we win, if we beat, okay, let's, okay, we beat Buffalo. We've got that. But then we've beat Buffalo. Sorry, beat the Browns and beat Buffalo. Then this is a, this is an awesome, awesome journey. Um, Buffalo's playing really hard too. So they, First win since 1995, but comes back to the Browns. Though we've got to take care of Baker. We've got to make sure he does commercial after commercial in the offseason. There's no more football being played. <laughs> hey, Mark, you got to do the Hey Felicia. You didn't do the Hey oh. Felicia. Go on. I'll try. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classic. Classic. Look, before we move into quickly with uh, looking at a couple of defensive stars from last week, there's a bit in the live chat as well. People are sort of saying, yeah, bring on Jacob Eason. So, you know what? Here we go. Here we go. Um, Look, let's just quickly last week. And before we go in, he's actually a special teamer. Props up to our Aussie on the Steelers roster, Jordan Berry. He had a long of 56 yards last week. He had three punts for 130 yards. So um, not bad from him. Not bad from him. Um, one, one quick question, Matty, or one quick point. Now, I'm a big believer. Like, I love my Steelers so much. However, in Australia, can we please, like, everyone talk about our Steelers. If you're an Australian fan, let's all talk Steelers. We love Barry, but what, I, what I, I, I discredit and do not like the most is when our Australian media gets around an Australian player. Fair enough. It's awesome. But they, all, they only talk about the player. They talk about Barry. I don't want to talk about Barry. I want to talk about our Steelers winning the Super Bowl. But if, but if we win the Super Bowl for that day, all they're going to talk about is how Barry was the first Australian to win the Super Bowl. Fan, fantastic. But let's talk Steelers, Australian, Australian fans. 100%. Do you remember there was that guy, I forget his uh, first name, but Williams. He played defensive tackle and he played on the Seahawks, you know, and when they kept going to all the Super Bowls and stuff. And, like, they kept talking about him like this was great. He was this great player. And unfortunately, he did have cancer. So he he missed a couple of seasons there in the NFL and he was on, you know, um, injured reserve lists and what have you. But like, oh my gosh, like he was, he, they talk about him left, right and center about what he does. And it's just like, guys, let's, let's talk about the actual NFL done under. Let's exactly. not talk about Australian guys that are on, you know, practice squads and injured so reserve lists. This is the point now where we have to nip it in the butt and say, if you're an Australian Steeler fan, 
Um, and we love him, right? We 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 want Barry to succeed. But I don't want to see in the newspapers of, of Barry being on, on the number one. I want to yeah. see Big Ben. Um, this is the point where we're all Steelers fans, and I've been to Pittsburgh three times, and you've been there once or twice. Like I could, I would live in Pittsburgh if I, if I could, if I make it my home. I don't want to see Barry on the back. He's just he's part of the team, but he's not the focal point. So yeah, th- like let's let's can it now. Let's enjoy our Steelers journey ride. Sorry, Barry, but just kick it, mate, and we'll we'll pass it with Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Short and sharp, sweet as. Um, on the defense though. Um, you talked about Chris Wormley. I mean, that was a key. That was a key sackle from him. Um, we're yeah. gonna keep that up there. <laughs> um, but Alex Highsmith, I mean, backed up everything that he's had over the last few weeks with another strong performance. Nine tackles, six solo. You know, one sack, one tackle. Like terrifically well. Equally, Avery Williamson. He had a great performance as well with you know, um, eight tackles and what have you. So. It's you know Marcus Allen showed up too, and that was the other thing. Like we don't have we don't, didn't have Spillane. They had to manage you know Vince Williams' time as well there. You know, and we saw Marcus Allen show up. I mean, I'd be interested to see what he does through a full off season of being an ins- an inside linebacker. You know, to see the progression he makes going into next season as well. Definitely, and he's, he's a similar player. Like if you have a lot of stars in your team, and he's a good player, he will stand out in key plays like he did. Uh, versus Brown, I think he, he stopped. I think there was two uh, third downs where he did tackles a short of the line, and he stopped them. So, if you have a free roaming player like him, where he doesn't need to, to be that that's uh, focal point of, of the defense. Like we know, we got TJ, we got Cam, we got these players, and similar to um, like Highsmith. Like what I want to ask you, you a question for once. What what is your <laughs> uh, what is your thoughts on Alex Highsmith? Has he filled in the role for Bud? What do you reckon? For Highsmith, yeah, is he is he is he is he now like Bud? Is he going to have a great playoff uh, push and run, or is he still developing? Like, what do you, what are your thoughts at, at this very moment? Yeah, so I think it goes back to what we talked about last week, which was you've got a player here that we probably were hoping would get ten to fifteen snaps a game, rookie season. That's it. Come on, nicely. But now you have a situation where Bud went down, Alex is in, and he's getting fifty plus snaps a game you know, around that, you know, and Portland has put up there as well as I'm talking, you know, PFF rates Highsmith better than Bud. I mean, Highsmith's pass rush is incredible. I mean, you saw J. Ron Elliott had a, a, got a sack, two tackles for a loss, but one of those sacks is, that's thanks to Alex Highsmith. Like that should be a half for each of them really because you saw Highsmith come down, get choked as he was going down basically. Baker's stumbling around and trips up and J. Ron literally just puts a hand on him and that's it. So, you know, for me, Highsmith's going to come hugely along. The only thing is, and we know Tomlin likes to manage his rookies' time, and that's why we saw Claypool. There was sort of that four or five-game stretch in the middle there where we saw less targets going to him, apart from obviously when he's on the field, the way the defense reacts. I just hope for Highsmith's sake there's no injury to him, especially we can't afford that this postseason. But mm. if we can just get through with him and they can – and the good thing for Highsmith as well is there's no necessarily pr- pressure on him in that he's got TJ Watt on the other side. He's got Cameron Haywood, Tyson Alawalu, who teams have, have to respect now, Cam um, Cam Haywood. Do I say already Cam? But Stefan to it, Cam Haywood. You know, he's got those guys in there. Wormley can do something off the bench. You know, the, there's less pressure on him having to get – a sack every couple of games. So I think that puts in him in a really good spot. We also know that the Steelers can can you know bring on 
outside linebackers as well. We've now got quite a good history of it when you look at the different players mm-hmm. we've had over the last 10, 15 years and what have you there. So, I mean, look, Mark, since we started our podcasts, you know, we're two weeks into uh, into the YouTube shows, but since we started our podcast a couple of weeks before the season, I've been high on Highsmith. I think I spoke – the first time we ever spoke on the phone together, I think I told you how high I was on Highsmith. Yeah, you so, actually – like, you really did uh, steal a nation. Like, all I've heard is Highsmith, but – that's 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 kind of fun. That's kind of the, the experience as well. You want to jump on these players um, early so you can watch them develop and, and, and stuff like that. Like now, like TJ Watts has been in the league four years, heading into his fifth. Um, you kind of think like, oh wow, like I've like he's been in there that long. So yeah, jump on jump on Highsmith and, and get him hopped up because he is playing. He's he's starting to develop. He's starting to, to learn the defense and he's um, quote unquote he's coming to his own. And, and some of those sacks and. The pressure you had on Baker last week was incredible. Like he 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 was going right around the edge. So once uh once TJ gets back in there, like are they gonna force Baker to move around the pocket and the O line won't be there, the coach isn't there. This is the game that I think like we have to grab the you know, the ball by the horns and really get after it. That's it. Um, just to finish on Highsmith, the area that he's gonna have to continue to improve, which Bud is particularly good at, is that run defense. That's where he's going to have to do a, a little bit around that and how he stops the run there. But again, that's got to be dependent on where he fits and what the defense, like the defensive scheme is on that play and what have you. So, look, I don't think we could expect anything more out of Alex Highsmith, a third round draft pick out of a school like Charlotte, you know, and that's no disrespect to them. It's just that where he was sort of sitting and, um, you know, and there were, I think it was the Clemson coach that said he could play for any school in the country. So that's that's no slight on them in any way, shape, or form. The thing that I said um, in one of the live chats, I think, in probably the first weeks of the season that I really like as well, is Highsmith. And I don't know exactly the specific qualification he was studying at Charlotte, but his background's in strength and conditioning or exercise physiology. So you've got a player, like, and we yeah. see the jump in NFL players over their first couple of years when they get used to that strength and conditioning and the routines and what have you. And he's already staying back like TJ Watt does, and he's modeling himself off TJ Watt, apparently. We talked about that last week. So I'm excited for what we've seen this year. What does that mean for years two and three? I mean, when he's got proper off-seasons under his belt, when he can apply himself. So anyway, look, everyone that's uh, listening to the show right now, or if you're listening live on audio, you'll need to move over to part two because that brings us to the end of part one of this week's show. Everyone on YouTube, stay tuned. We'll continue with part two.